to the U.S. Fire Journal Podcast. We offer views and opinions on the fire service around the world with no topic too tough to handle. Visit us at usfirejournal.com for all your fire service information. Now, here's your host, Jay. Good afternoon and welcome into the podcast. I'm Jay. Today is June 18th. It's 2022, and uh, spent most of today hanging around with some with a good group of firefighters, people that that I enjoy being around, um, and they've made the day uh, a lot easier for me. Today's a very somber day. Um, first off, we had a firefighter in Philadelphia, 27-year veteran, has died in the line of duty after a collapse. Um, I don't want to say his name. Uh, because I want to make sure that everybody gets their opportunity to run with it first and and get those attaboys for putting out a name. I, I think it's his family and friends, they all need to be notified f- way before anybody else. Um, what a tragedy, though. Uh, operating at a fire, and in a split second, uh, things go from uh, fairly normal to obvious, uh, uh, a tragic situation unfolds, and a firefighter uh, is lost in the line of duty. Also today, uh, sad news for me personally and for the fire service, Dr. Harry Carter has died. Um, Dr. Carter has written uh, I dare say millions of words about the fire service throughout his lifetime. He was a, uh, a battalion chief, training officer for the Newark Fire Department, very busy urban department. Um, he's a past chief and forever member of the Delphia Fire Company in New Jersey. When I was uh, up in New Jersey, I used to go past Adelphia and, and stop in on a routine basis. Um, that's been many years, but I still have fond memories of of uh, that part of my life. Um, I used to talk and correspond with Dr. Carter. Um, he wrote for practically every, every fire service magazine you can think of, some of which are out of out of publication and being long gone, others that are still going strong. Um, municipal fire consultant. Uh, author, um, obviously a, a fire service professional, went and got his doctorate, teacher. Um, it's a shame. Fire service is, has lost a giant, and, and to lose him on this day, on June 18th, is, is especially sobering as uh, we remember the 15th anniversary of the deaths of nine firefighters in Charleston, South Carolina. Of course, a uh, place where uh, I was for a long time, grew up in Charleston, worked for the fire department. Um, it, it, to know, and, and you know, after the deaths of the Charleston Nine, there, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of things written, talked about, um, just so many changes and all this, and Dr. Carter helped with that, to be blunt, gave interviews. Um, so to lose him today is, uh, is bitter. Um, and, and so I'll have more uh, during the next podcast about 
the the tragic line of duty death in Philly and also uh, the death of uh, of Harry Carter. But I have to talk about Charleston. Fifteen years uh, it's been. And in some ways it seems like yesterday. In other ways it seems like a lifetime ago. And both can be true, uh, depending upon how you're thinking about something. I'm I've, uh, since that time, I've come to loathe people who romanticize line-of-duty deaths. Um, there is nothing romantic at all in the death of a firefighter or the death of three, five, seven, nine. There's nothing romantic about it at all. It is a time filled with great grief, consternation, <sighs> just opinion after opinion, there's so much that goes on that it is truly, uh, it saps every ounce of your soul. It really does. If you care, it saps every ounce of your soul. Of course, there are people who want to run around and be a victim as well. There are people who want to make hay, and they do. But ultimately, at the end of the day, if you genuinely care, at which most do, um, it does. It, it wears you down. And instead of going through a, a timeline of, of the fire or rehashing, uh, you know, um, the, the tactics and, strategic, and strategy and strategic implications of moves and all this other stuff, um, I just choose to remember the nine people and their survivors. And I want to focus on someone who I was very fond of, um, someone who, uh, for me, I, I knew since I was a child. Uh, I did. Knew him growing up. Um, you know, my brother worked for, for Charleston, and so I would see Billy Hutchinson uh, quite a bit. Billy was a basketball player, as was his brother Randy. I was a basketball player, so I got along with those guys really well. Uh, Billy would cut my hair. Um, he was just a good-natured, good guy, so it was his brother Randy. Randy was a bit more serious. Um, and their mom, Miss Dot. Dot was a, a fire inspector, public educator for, for the fire department for a very long time. And so, you know, when I, when I think about Billy, I think about Billy's smile. I think about him cracking jokes, at which he had, oh, legions of jokes. And... It's the human toll of all of these events. You know, people talk about Pearl Harbor. People talk about, you know, wherever you grew up, there's a, there's a tragic event that, is, that, that, cements, that cements in your life. Uh, for a lot of people, it's 9-11, September 11, 2001. Um, for others, it can be a, you know, a building collapse, Oklahoma City, the bombings. Whatever it is, we tend to take... Uh, 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 we tend to look at it from above. So we tend to see the whole thing or think we see the whole thing. The true pain, the true grief, in my opinion, is when you dial down in and, and pick those, those human lives, those threads that are suddenly cut short. The father who will never see a son again, the mother who will never see a son again, a brother who won't see a brother or a sister, whatever the case may be, 
those are the things that impact us, right? We can all grieve in a very general way, and we do, and that's a safety mechanism, I think, for the human brain. But it's when we dial down into these individual lives, into the good and the bad, uh, the beautiful and the ugly, the marrow, if you will, of loss. And what we find is, is that we are impacted in ways in which oftentimes we have no way of knowing at the time how we will be impacted. There are people who say, you know, I'm inspired by a line of duty death to do something about it. And frankly, you hear it a lot. At least I do. I hear it a lot. I heard it a lot, and I still hear it about other line of duty deaths. And so what I always ask myself, and then I will ask others, is, okay, you're, you're inspired by it, you're devastated by it, what are you doing to make sure it doesn't happen again? And understand this, it might only be making sure that, you know, your equipment is checked off in the morning, you know, an extra special effort. It may be that you're going to put together a conference. I mean, it can be as big or as small relatively, as long as it's something that impacts people, you're having a positive impact. But don't come to me and tell me that, that it changed your life or changed the way you look at the fire service, and then you don't do anything. You know, if you're just as... as lazy, bored as you were the day it happened, a hundred days or a thousand days later, 10,000 days, um, yeah, you, you didn't learn anything. To me, that's leeching on the grief of others. But that's a different subject. Here's what I know. When, if you take it upon yourself to talk to other firefighters from other departments all over, Maybe you stop by stations and talk to them. Maybe you do it via email, via text, on a phone, whatever. You have to expect that 99% of the people that are listening to, you, listening to you won't take any of it and apply it. And I talk to guys who want to teach other firefighters, and they think they're teachers. They do. They think they are. They'll say, well, look, I taught this class, I taught this class, I taught this class. Maybe you did, yeah, congratulations. What kind of impact did you have? I think that the biggest impact that you can have is looking in the eyes of another firefighter and being interested in their fire service story. Maybe it's also a personal story, but are you willing to listen to them? That's a big one. I know that I sit sometimes and I will tell people, all right, guys, this is just a piece of free advice. Whatever you guys do, you know, don't, and then I'll say, you know, whatever it may be, don't forget to, to, to make sure that your air pack is operating properly in the morning. Don't forget. And you see guys, you do. Guys will go, hmm, yeah, yeah, good idea, good idea. And then later you watch them, they didn't do anything. And I've talked to people who feel very defeated by that. They're like, you know, I keep telling these guys, you know, this is what can happen. And they don't listen. Well, I think some do listen. In fact, it's the only reason I still talk to people, because I know some do listen. Some appreciate the history. Some appreciate the fact that, that uh, somebody's willing to sit down and, and offer advice. 
but it's not always going to come as a reward to you in the way that you would like it to. Maybe you're waiting for people to, to, uh, to tell you how great you are. Typically doesn't happen. Maybe you're waiting to tell people or waiting for people to give you an award. Yeah, probably ain't happening. You know, just that's the way it is. Me, I just want to see somebody take something and apply it. And that's what I tell other people. Don't be offended if nobody's coming up to you saying, man, you're the best ever. Yeah, maybe you are. Maybe, maybe. Probably not. But, yeah, if you see them applying something that you've said, that's a, that's a reward. It is. And when you're looking at, for example, the Sofa Superstore, uh, the Hotel Vendome in Boston, uh, you know, McDonald's in Houston, Texas, uh, Keokuk, Iowa, um, you know, anywhere, you know, Providence, Boston, New York, wherever. If you're looking at line of duty deaths and you're properly grieving for them in your way, uh, not romanticizing it, but, but just looking at it for what it is, if you can't get motivated from that, then chances are you're not going to be motivated by much. And it's probably uh, it, it's probably the way you've been taught. Here's the bottom line. You witness a tragedy, you're part of a tragedy, you pick the pieces up and you put the steps in front of each other, left, right, left, right. You keep marching on and, and you know what? Life's probably going to hit you again and again and again. But if you can take the lessons from each of these things and apply them, you're better able to help prevent them or to mitigate them when they happen. And hopefully, you have a nice long fire service career. You don't get injured. You don't get killed, uh, which is a positive. You're spending more time with family. All those things can work out. And I, I think one of the other problems with romanticizing something is that it, when you romanticize it, it's also easy to say that has to stop 100%. I can't tell you how many people turn blue in the face talking about how we have to have safety. Good luck. Seriously. I'm all about being as safe as you possibly can while still doing the job. Right? You're never going to have perfect safety. You're never going to have perfect conditions. Because you can't perfect humanity, you can't perfect a city, you can't perfect a village, you can't perfect a house. You can live and hope to do better, try to do better, focus, all of those things. Firefighting is dangerous. It was dangerous in 2001. It was dangerous in 1996. It was dangerous in 1944. It's dangerous today and it will be dangerous tomorrow doesn't mean that we give up on people. It means that we have to remember things like the Sofa Superstore. We have to remember that sacrifice, and, but we have to build on it. And we can't expect, no matter how tragic an event is in life, we cannot expect everyone to feel the same passion and direction from it as someone who is directly involved in it. But oftentimes we have people who are directly involved in it who have no passion about it either. And that's fine. That's, 
each individual. But if there's one thing that I would like to see post-Sofa Superstore, it's this, that if you're not running a lot of calls, that you're at least training on issues that can arise. Air pack drills, pulling hose, advancing hose lines, PPE, you know, how fast can you get in it? In it? How fast can you self-rescue yourself? There are literally, there's literally no, literally no end to the topics. Reading buildings, reading smoke, reading smoke and buildings. So many things that can be trained on. And to me, the difference between someone who gets it and someone who doesn't is the way they react to challenges. Are they challenged and do they want to learn or are they not? So, in closing, it's been a very tough day for the fire service. Again, a line of duty death in Philadelphia. Harry Carter dies and this the 15th anniversary of the Sofa Superstore. To all of them, the nine, Dr. Carter, the firefighter in Philadelphia, rest in peace and know that your sacrifices are not in vain. Until tomorrow, everybody stay safe.